And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. And yes, we're transmitting live from our mobile station. So we thank you for tuning in to this part of our audio cast. Listen, we're going to continue our incredible series, Agents of Darkness. Today, we're going to talk about secret society. So stay tuned to the program. Get your Bibles ready and join us. Those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to post your questions or your comments for us in social media. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, to look at all the false cults and doctrines that are coming up on the scene as you prophesied would be the number one sign that points to your soon return. Lord, we're uh, heart, uh, saddened to know that there are these cults, so much deception, but it's heartened to know that you're returning soon, Lord. We praise you for that in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about Agents of Darkness, Secret Society. And of course, today's program is sponsored by our university, cca.university or Calvary Chapel University. You can find more information there on the website. Again, we'd encourage you to check it out. Of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program. Nathan, how are you today? Good, brother. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Trying to stay dry in this rainy season. <laughs> well, you Floridians are used to the rain. I know. Well, I hear you guys are getting some in Texas as well. I mean, all over the world, Nathan. There seems to be just a lot of rain. It's been a very wet year. Um, of course, uh, we're suffering nothing compared to folks in Myanmar, Philippines, and Pakistan. We have reports from a number of missionaries there. Monsoons hitting all over the place. Uh, just recently, 125,000 people died in Myanmar from the floods. So oh. the, one of the signs of the end times would be an increase in disastrous weather. And we're seeing it more and more. It's just more of an occurrence. And I hope we're not getting desensitized towards it. I certainly think that it, that's become the case. But people are dying all over the world. And the Lord said it would increase in frequency, intensity, natural disasters leading up to his return. So terrible news, brother. Yeah, well, Nathan, thank you for sharing that. Of course, we do want to encourage those that are tuned into our program and keep these situations in prayer oftentimes because it doesn't hit us here at home, Nathan. You're right. We get desensitized and sometimes forget what's really going on around the world. Absolutely. But it's all leading up to something, and that's the good news, this silver lining around the cloud, and that's Jesus Christ is coming back, is going to defeat evil and set up his wonderful 1,000-year millennial kingdom, a time of peace and righteousness and justice. And when you look at the big picture, which is Bible prophecy, it gives you that blessed hope, that glorious appearance of Jesus Christ is coming. Amen. And we're looking forward to that, Nathan. Praise the Lord. So, Nate, real quick, before um, we continue, maybe in case someone is not familiar with the ministry, what you're involved in and how they can get a hold of you and your resources, can you share that for us briefly? Certainly. Well, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways, primarily through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired all over the world. And you can check us out on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. And there you'll find a wealth of Bible prophecy teaching information. We want you to get excited about Jesus' soon return. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Yeah, check it out. And also make sure you check out their resources with the past conference that they just had their annual conference. Fantastic. I love that conference, Nathan. It was great. Well, I love the fact that you came to our conference, brother. <laughs> 
looking forward to it, Lord willing, next year. So, yeah, great, great thing. So, Nathan, of course, you and I, we're always diving into a, 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 a lot of different subject matters when it has to deal with Bible prophecy and also really unmasking a lot of the lies that Satan is weaving out there uh, through the Internet, through media. And one of those has to do with this agenda of secret societies. And of course, people, they're all into uh, these type of theories and societies as well as um, conspiracy theories. But you and I know that behind all this, there is an agent behind it all. And his his name is Satan. And he's working with his dark forces of demons. All these things are really masked under deception. And the Bible does say, Nathan, that in the last days, there's going to be a lot of deception. I mean, this is nothing new. It, it goes all the way from the beginning uh, to the end. And as a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 3, beginning uh, on, on verses 1 through 4, we're going to go there briefly. But it's all part of the same deception, right, Nathan? Right. Uh, behind all that's going on in the world, there's a spiritual battle between God's forces and Satan's forces. And Satan's as the, or Satan as the, Father of lies, as the Bible calls him, is a great deceiver. And so he will use all sorts of deception. Remember, the Bible even says his native tongue is lying. And so he will use deception to trick people and to deceive people away from the truth that is Jesus Christ and his salvation. He's been doing it since the beginning of time, and he's going to keep on doing it all the way up till his final demise when he's thrown into hell. Mm, you know, Nathan, of course, and it started with the first couple ever created by God all the way back in Genesis. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, to Genesis chapter 3? Uh, just in case maybe some people are not familiar with how this deception really has been weaved through the whole Bible. From the beginning to the end, we're going to see these dark agents trying to thwart God's plan. But at the end, the Bible says we are victorious. Absolutely. Well, if we go back to Genesis 3, the world's just created. God says it's all good. Everything on the earth is, is good, it's holy, it's pure, there's no sin. But Satan up in heaven, as the uh, chief worship leader of the, of the heavenly realm, wants the worship for himself. And he leads a third of the angels in rebellion against God in an attempt to overthrow him. They fail, they're cast down to the earth. Satan, in the form of a serpent then, comes to Adam and Eve, who, in if you want to compare them to children, are very innocent. They have no sin, they've never been tempted or deceived. And Satan comes up to Eve. And this is where we pick up in Genesis 3, verse 1. It reads, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Mm, and Nathan, of course, we know through history that surely that deception came to. And Nathan, would you be able to jump to verse 13? I just thought it was fantastic there how it actually ends there with what actually happened. Yeah, why? Well, there's a lot between 4 and 13. Uh, you want me to pick up at 13? Yeah, I just uh, I just thought because the, the the passage is a little lengthy. Or if you want to continue bringing us through the story, we could do that as well and end on thirteen, no, just in case some their Bibles with them. Well, Satan does what he does best. He starts sowing seeds of doubt, and now Eve is wondering if God really said he was she wasn't supposed to eat from the tree of good and evil. 
And uh, as we know from the story, she does. And uh, then the Lord God comes to the woman, verse 13, and he says, What is this you have done? She ate the fruit, disobeyed him. The woman said, Well, the, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So here she does. She blames the serpent for deceiving her <laughs> when she, in fact, rebelled against God's orders. And that's how Satan works. He's like in the wintertime. When I used to live up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for many years, we had pretty harsh winters. And there's potholes all over the roads. And what happens is, is the water seeps into the through the cracks in the roads, freezes during the winter, expands, and starts breaking the road up. And that's how Satan works. He gets in the cracks, the doubts, the, the disbelief, the rebellious nature of us, and he starts growing and breaking up the road of our life, breaking up the faith in our lives, the obedience in our lives, until we end up being deceived and rebel against God. Does he have a, a play a part in our deception? Absolutely. But we also play a part, and that's why the Bible says that we are guilty of sin, because we then choose to disobey God. And Unfortunately, as the story begins, the very beginning of history, Adam and Eve sinned. They fell against the brook against God, and God put the curses on them for their sins. They ended up aging and eventually dying. The woman would eventually uh, be a painful childbirth. The man would have to deal with thorns and thistles and work the ground by the sweat of his brow. The animals would turn hostile to humanity, and the world would start seeing decay and death and sickness and disease and that's what our disobedience brought upon ourselves. And it all goes back to one little question that Satan asked Eve, where he asked him uh, about the Garden of Eden. He says, you shall not eat it, nor shall you test, lest you die. You will not surely die. And that's the doubt that was put in Eve's head. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, again, uh, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about agents of darkness, secret societies. So, Nathan, here we have the supposedly that one who started this uh, secret society. Hey, Eve, if you do this, you will not die. And sure enough, she was deceived. We look at the age uh, of, of man through the history of time. It was in the beginning. We start going through the middle of the Bible, the middle of the age. And then we, we look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 5, Nathan, if you take us there, that now the disciples are coming to Jesus, and they want to know in terms of what's going to happen at the end of the days. And, and one of the things that Jesus uh, begins to let them know there in Matthew 24, if you can take us there, is that this deception is going to continue. Right. Um, now we go up about 4,000 years to Jesus' time, first century A.D., and the apostles, the followers of Jesus Christ, uh, God in the in flesh, came down to the earth, and he was here for 33 and a half years, and he taught us what God's will is for man. He became the sacrifice for our sins, and just before he was about to die on the cross, they're up at the temple, and the apostles ask him a question, and they want to know, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. They wanted to know what the signs would be that would lead up to the destruction of the temple, the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, and then again at the end of the tribulation, just as Jesus is coming uh, back with his saints to defeat Satan in the world. What are the signs? And number one sign Jesus gives right off the bat, number verse 4 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. 
Ooh. Nathan, that is fantastic. And again, deception from the beginning, the middle, and then we'll also notice to the end. So now we, we're talking about all these supposedly secret societies. What do they mean? People are thrilled, Nathan. I have a $1 bill in my hands right here, uh, as a lot of people do. And, and on that $1 bill, we have all these signs. We see a pyramid with the OCNI. Uh, the, the picture that we posted for our program shows their sign of, the, uh, of masonry and all these supposedly secret society. Deep down behind this, we know Satan is at work. But Nathan, talk to us. This development of these secret societies and deception, uh, what is Masons all about? Or do other individuals or Christian writers talk about these things? Wherever you see a, God, a doctrine that doesn't follow the teaching of the Bible, it's a false doctrine. It's from Satan. Again, the temptations and the deceptions, people wanting to reach God on their own terms by works or whatever, and not by God's grace through faith and his sacrifice on the cross. And so you see world religions popping up all over the place. You also see secret societies and the secret societies to further the advancement of Satan's influence in the world, working behind the scenes to eventually elevate Satan's one world ruler, the Antichrist, to world power. And whereas before in the past, these secret societies or uh, organizations, and I'm not an expert, and I'll, I'll just give that disclaimer, I'm not an expert on these, and I'm not claiming I'm... <laughs> conspiracy theorists or anything like that, but there are secret societies out there working to advance the world into what they call the one world order. And it's, it's, if you read the Bible, that's not conspiracy theory. That is what will happen. Eventually, a one world ruler will rise up to rule the world and Satan will rule the world through him and he will attempt to destroy all the Jews and those who come to salvation after the rapture until Jesus Christ returns and defeats them. So they've manifested themselves over many times. Most people, you're talking about the uh, back of the dollar, there's that pyramid with that eye hovering in there. Yes. Yeah, well, some people believe that it's a Masonic symbol, the Masons being a secret society. Uh, they claim that they can go all the way back to the Garden of Adam and Eve, where the fig leaf referenced in Genesis 3-7 is the first Masonic apron, because they wear aprons at the, their Masonic initiation ceremonies. Uh, some will, Masons will claim that they go all the way back to the time of Solomon, that their origins were Egyptian with the worship of Ra, the sun god, that Masons are actually sun god worshipers. Uh, but really, Freemasonry, as it's called, began in London, England in 1717. It was primarily founded by uh, these gentlemen, James Anderson, George Payne, and Theophilus Desaugliers, if I pronounced that correctly. And they started the first Masonic recorded meetings They're back in 1723. Lodges all over, this is what they call their churches, lodges sprang up all over England, Ireland, Scotland, throughout Europe. And of course, it spread to America by 1733. By the 1800s, there were thousands, man, thousands of Masonic lodges all over the United States. And Freemasonry grew to become a powerful influence in American religion, politics, and social life. Matter of fact, half of what they call the Grand Lodges and two-thirds of the Freemasons in the world come to the United States. You go where the power structures are. And right now, the most powerful structure in the world is the United States. Some of our most, um, uh, I guess you could say our founding fathers, quite a number of them were Masons, including George Washington themselves. And eventually, uh, masonry grew and grew to have pretty much lodges in almost every... If you ever see a, 
a building where its windows have all been brick shut and it's got the um, uh, the architect symbol on it, then you know it's a Masonic Lodge. Albert Pike and Albert Mackey are some of the more grand uh, masters of the United States here. They're the most well-known writers of masonry. There's different levels of masonry. There's different tracks of masonry. And a lot of people join masonry just because they wish to make business connections and things like that. They'll do the rites and as they go up the ladder, but uh, they don't really many of them don't really count it as a religion. Matter of fact, my son's Boy Scout troop for years was held in Masonic Lodge, and one of the Scoutmasters was a Mason. And I, and I had some problems with that. I said, you know, I'm right. not really comfortable that you're holding the, this at a Masonic Lodge. And he opens his wallet, and he pulls out a paper, and he hands me a paper. And he had pre-written an explanation why Masonry wasn't a religion. I guess he got that so much that he had printed out a little letter to explain why masonry <laughs> is not a religion. And you talk to a lot of masons, and, and they don't believe it's a religion. But as you go up the different rites, there's the Scottish rite and the York rite and the ancient York Grand Lodge, the Blue Lodge. There's all sorts of female Masonic uh, groups, too. There's the Scottish rite, the Daughters of the Eastern Star, the Order of de Molay. You've got the International Order of Job's Daughters for children and Rainbows for Girls. Uh, you got the Masonic College Fraternities and the Prince Hall Freemasonry. These are all Masonic branches that are secret societies. With many presidents, uh, many um, uh, Supreme Court justices, uh, politicians have been involved in the years. And whether they know it or not, as you go up the ranks, you get more and more indoctrinated into the fact that Masonry isn't just a, a benevolent social club, but its ultimate goal is to bring in a new order for the world, a new order for society. And that's when you get up to the 33rd level Masons all. You start learning the fact that the center, the, the religious core of Masonry is Satan. And, and, and Nathan, and that's a very good point because today we have so many so-called fraternities and people are joining supposedly these clubs and these fraternities and they don't even understand what's at the core of this. You and I, of course, know this is diabolical, it's satanic, uh, there's a lot of deception there, yet people are drawn in because of the excitement of being part of a club or a secret society, not really understanding the danger behind it. Well, I got the benefit of actually seeing inside their secret temple, uh, the Masonic le uh, leader of that uh, lodge that my son did the Boy Scouts with, they took us up to the room that nobody who isn't a Mason should ever see, and that's their secret upstairs room. It's got no windows. It's kind of like tacky's 60s decor, but <laughs> it's, it's filled with religious symbols all over the place. And the Masons will be first to admit that you don't have to be a member of any particular religion to be a Mason. Masons, in heart and essence, are universalists. They believe that all paths lead to God. They do require you to be part of a religion. You just can't not be uh, any part of a religious, but they are universalists in their beliefs. They teach that God is a grand architect of the universe. He's just, he's a deist. He, they, deism, as it's called. They, he wound up the universe and then left and uh, left us to take care of it. They teach that Jesus was just a great moral teacher, you know, not the son of God, not the one who died for our sins. They teach that man is not a sinner, but that salvation comes through ethical living. So you can see here that they are not Christian whatsoever. In fact, Masonic's view of the Bible is it's a, a, just a symbol of God's will, not the unique inspired word of God. Jesus, like I said, was a good moral teacher, not the absolute deity and divine Messiah. 
that God's an architect. Uh, there's not a trinity, what the Bible teaches, that there's God, one God in three persons. They'll teach that sin, man has not fallen in sin, whereas the Bible teaches man is fallen in sin and needs a Savior. Masons believe that you can earn your, your salvation, so to speak, through ethical living, whereas we know as Christians we can't earn our way to heaven. Christ alone died for our sins, and by through him we are saved. So as you can see, Freemasonry is a religion, it's a false religion, and its purpose is to connect into the power-based systems in order to propitiate, which most of them don't realize, but is at the core of their beliefs, and many ex-Masons who reached up the 33rd level have revealed, it's Satanism. Nathan, and that's an excellent point. And again, for those of you that just joined us, again, we're talking about agents of darkness, secret societies. Uh, you tune into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV, Radio Edition, Vic Batista, and Nathan Jones. So, Nathan, again, very good point. As we see, weave through society, through time and history, uh, is deception all the way. Of course, uh, today we also have so many other deceptions in, in the way of, of uh, uh, UFOs and, and aliens and uh, the, the Roswell. Uh, New Mexico sighting, and, and it seems to be all these things, and people are wondering, how does all this fit in? Is this for real? Are aliens coming? You and I know, Nathan, that all this is leading to something, the rapture of the church, and then the one world government uh, ran by Antichrist that is coming. So did you sign up uh, to storm Area 51 and go see the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> that would be curious uh, once that, what's it, September of 2019? They're actually going to, they got like 2 million people signed up to storm Area 51 and finally see what's hidden there. I know, Nathan. And, and you see that this is exactly how the enemy operates, right? Because certain people, instead of keeping their eyes on the truth, on the Bible, on the Lord, they're trying to uh, refocus them into this new uh, alien invasion type of mentality, you know? And again, the Bible is clear. We don't have to uh, look uh, for any societies. The Bible tells us the truth. Jesus says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Absolutely, and I think you bring up a fantastic point. Is Yes, all these secret societies uh, following UFOs and aliens and Bigfoot and, and conspiracy theories and all this stuff is a distraction. And Satan doesn't care what you're distracted by. You could be distracted. You could be a Netflix binger. You could be into conspiracy theories. You can be spending all your time trying to find what's hidden in Area 51. You know, you could be obsessed with yourself and taking selfies all day. Whatever distracts you, Satan wants to distract you away from the truth that is Jesus Christ. And that has eternal consequences because our souls, our eternal souls are dependent on knowing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and have accepted his salvation. So Satan is a master deceiver. He's a master liar, the father of lies, as the Bible calls him. And he's very successful at what he does. Mm, excellent point. And before we hit our last point, for those of you that are tuned into the program, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, hey, Nathan and I are here to pray with you. 305-992-9537. You can get a hold of us or 321-END-TIME. 321-363-8463. Again, salvation is only through Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with him. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and you will be free from that deception. So Nathan, we talked about deception in the beginning in Genesis. We talked about deception through history in the middle of the Bible. And then we look at deception all the way through the end of the Bible. Would you be able to take us, Nathan, to our last passage in Revelation chapter 20, verses one through three, so individuals can see how this ends? Oh boy, okay. Well, 
We are now in the future where we know that eventually the Antichrist will rise. There'll be a seven-year tribulation upon this earth. And we're now at the end of that seven years. And we pick up verse uh, 1 of Revelation 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so they should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Ooh. So, Nathan, again, we see the, the, the word deception there, deceived uh, these agents of darkness at work. But at the end, I always love uh, the ending of the Bible because it shows that, listen, we win. Right, Nathan? <laughs> Absolutely. What we got here is when Jesus returns with the saints. In other words, if you're saved, you'll be part of the armies that return with Jesus. Uh, with just a word, uh, all the armies of the Antichrist fall apart. Uh, the Antichrist and false prophet are cast into hell and Satan is thrown in a deep pit. The Lord restores the earth, sets himself up as king ruling from Jerusalem, restores the earth, and we get a time of peace and righteousness and justice for 1,000 years. But every generation gets a chance to choose Jesus or not, and Satan has always been a lightning rod to assemble and attract those who wish to rebel against Jesus. And that's what happens if, even after a 1,000 years of utopian society, Satan's released from the pit. He goes out. He deceives the nations, and which is the great tragedy of humanity. Uncounted numbers will follow Satan in one last attempt to overthrow God. And Jesus wastes no time. There's, there's no long tribulation. He just sends fire down, incinerates the armies, and sends Satan right to hell. And that's it. That's the end of his deception. He will no longer deceive the world ever again for his eternal fate is hell. Ooh, excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, for those of you, for you, those of you that are tuned into the program, that's why we, 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 we oftentimes encourage you for a relationship with Jesus. Listen, you don't have to fear the darkness. Simply turn on the light. Jesus says, "I am the light of the world," and so we simply, once we accept Him and we pray to the Lord, again, He just makes all the darkness disappear. But it is crucial for you to recognize the times in which we're living. And yes, we are living in dark times. When you see all the shootings, all the hideous crimes that are that, that are uh, falling upon us, but we as Christians should not despair. As a matter of fact, we should continue to keep our hope and keep our eyes on the Lord because it shows us, Nathan Jones was saying, these are just signs of the times and the Lord is coming back very, very quickly. So Nathan, again, we come to recognize that this deception uh, is not going to end, but we are starting to... Uh, recognize more and more just really how close we are to the return of the Lord, right, Nathan? Right. I mean, it will end. Satan will be thrown in hell one day. But in our time period, in our lifetime, no, it, it, there's no end to it. But uh, Jesus said, as we read in Matthew 24, the number one sign that would point to his soon return is a proliferation of false Christs, false messiahs, false teachers that would try to deceive people through Satan's power away from the truth of the gospel. And we are seeing that in spades today. You know, there are over 500 cults just in the United States alone today. 500 cults. Uh -oh. There are thousands of false religions all over the world. And it's all Satan behind them all trying to deceive people away from the truth that is Jesus Christ. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. We saw it again in this Egyptian pyramid as people are focusing on the OCNI. Uh, it's nothing more than what we saw in the in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter one, verse sixteen. We notice Herod, uh, excuse me, uh, Pharaoh there trying to kill 
the seed that will bring Messiah, the boys. We saw that in uh, in Matthew chapter 2 with Herod trying to, again, destroy the seed. We are going to see it again as the Antichrist going to try to destroy all of God's Jewish people. But one by one, the enemy keeps failing because God has a plan for his people. He is coming back and he, he has a plan for you as well. So we encourage you to turn to Christ. Although we're running out of time for this segment of our program, our lines will remain open. If we can pray with you, if we can encourage you, make sure that you get a hold of us. Nathan Jones, wow, our time flew in this segment of the program. But man, I want to thank you so much for bringing us up to date in what's going on with the secret society and also these, these uh, the, the, the false uh, uh, deception uh, that is out there. So thank you so much for shedding light into the darkness. Well, thank you, brother. I like the opportunity to help people to see the deception out there and to be discerners in this dark day. Ooh, praise the Lord. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, Dick Batista and Nathan Jones. Listen, encouraging you to keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming back very, very soon. God loves you. And again, he has a plan for humanity and it's found in Jesus Christ. So we pray that you have a wonderful week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his faith shine upon you. Have a great day.